All right, welcome to another episode of The Breakdown. Today we have a special guest, Brian LaRue. Glad to be here. Glad to be a guest. Yeah, it's nice to change it up every now and then. Nick is on vacation. Brian preached this week, started us on a new series, going through the life of Moses. But this this week's um, sermon or sermon was about how God used Moses. The beginning, um, I guess we can say two out of three chapters of his life. Sure. Uh, the first, uh, the first two really main events that we talked about was um, his birth, how he survived that, how he was raised in Egypt, and then his flee to Midian. Right. Um, and we talked about the and uh, I can never say this word. How he felt must have felt inadequate. Oh, gosh. Um, so to start the podcast out, uh, I wanted to ask you a question. When was, uh, tell us about a time where you felt inadequate. It doesn't have to be like super deep if you don't want sure. to. And I'll uh, put you on the spot. But tell me about a time where you don't. There's, I got a laundry list of times I feel inadequate. Yeah. I mean, um, throw parenting in there. I mm. mean, there's just a lot of tough times where I'm like, well, never face this. What do we do here? Um just a lot of those times, yeah. uh, ministry, mm. there's things that come up and I'm like, well, I've never faced this in youth ministry. There's this, you know, culture has changed since I've started in youth ministry 23 years ago. Uh, and, and I'm always trying to say, okay, what, I've got to read a book. I've got to listen to a podcast. <laughs> I've got to, you know, yeah. call somebody who's smarter than me. And, and I just, there's so many times, uh, a lot of times I'm working on my a car or something I'm inadequate I don't know how to turn a rich well but YouTube's helped me a lot you know oh, be able to I feel inadequate YouTube. so I'm pausing yeah. I'm watching pausing rewinding pausing and it just helps me I mean I, I got a laundry list of things I just feel like I'm, my, my, my quote for myself is I'm a big dumb animal it's from Tommy Boy and I just kind of have coined that phrase and uh, that's just how I, I feel many times yeah. big dumb animal pretty inadequate I definitely felt whenever you're talking about how Moses must have felt at the well. Oh man, um, we'll get to that in a little bit. But uh, so I've I've done two tr- mission trips to India. The first one, um, the guy that was leading it was just me, him and I. He was seventy something years old. He really took me by the hand and slowly showed me the ropes. And eventually, I got to teach while I was there. Well, the second time I went, I went without him because he uh, was diagnosed with cancer. And so he was going to have a replacement, another older gentleman, to come with me. Okay. About a week, maybe a week and a half before the trip left, uh, the guy called me that was supposed to come with me. And was like, hey, I'm not going to make it. His, his um, passport had gotten revoked, or his visa got revoked by the people in India because they saw that he was a pastor and they were cracking down on Christians entering. And so I was able to go because I put that I was an educator. Um, so I had to prepare for four weeks of teaching by myself when I thought I was going to go with somebody. I have never felt That's a lot. more inadequate. And I was 22, 23. Okay. They wanted me to preach to these preachers that had been preaching in the field for a while. Sure. They wanted me to teach them. And I was like, I have no idea I, what I'm doing. I did and, a similar thing in India. I had to oh. preach at a church conference for a bunch of pastors, and I'm like, say, <laughs> what, what am I going to say to you? I'm not. I'm a nobody, right? I mean, yeah. I, who, what what wisdom do I have that I could actually? I don't know. I just that's it's scary. I, I agree. It's very felt super small. It's horrible. You feel it's scary. But yeah. there was somebody there, our translator, that was like, preach the word of God. It's enough. Cool. And so. In Moses' story, we'll eventually get that it's really God who is using Moses through this to to accomplish his will. Right. 
And that was something not cool as I'm thinking through this. And what I want to do is I just kind of want to walk through the story of Moses with you. Um, there's a couple of things that, that I saw while you were reading it for the first time. And it just points to Jesus. And it just screamed Jesus. And I, I want to hit on those, yeah. those things today. And so the beginning of, of Moses' story, um, he's, he's, I like how you started off. You talked about Genesis did not end well. No. So we have a death. Uh, a pretty prominent person that kind of kept the Israelites safe. And so um, Joseph dies, and then Pharaoh realizes that the Israelites are numerous in number. Mm. They are strong. Yeah. And so he devises this plan to kill off every young male that's born. Crazy. Yeah. I could not imagine. I mean, I, I, we're about to have our third child. I couldn't imagine getting the news that, hey, it's a boy. Now we're going to throw him in the Nile River. I can't. I can't fathom it either. I mean, it's horrible. I mean, just <coughs> absolutely horrible, man. I, I, I mean, couldn't you devise another plan? I mean, mm-hmm. instead of that, like, I don't know what that is, but that's just it's a bad plan. Yeah, <laughs> you know? and you use the analogy of uh, you've been dealt these cards. Yeah. I, I really like that. You talked about how sometimes in life we don't get to choose the cards that we're dealt. But God uses the cards that were dealt for his own good, yeah. which we'll get to later in Romans 8, 28. Sure. But Moses has dealt, Moses' family has dealt this, this choice. They could have given their son over to the midwives and said, hey, kill him. True. This is what the Pharaoh decrees we will follow. But they had faith. Yeah. Uh, talk a little bit about that because that was a, a pretty big point of, sure. of your your lesson. Just that Moses' parents, you know, uh, they, like they make the faith hall of fame in, in Hebrews eleven, and like they because of them, you know, having that faith that we're not going to follow the government, we are going to by faith. We are they saw something. It says something weird, like they they saw something in Moses. Yeah, like every also, parent sees that in your kid, right? Yeah. Sometimes I don't. When I go visit other people in the hospital, I'm like. Every kid's supposed to be cute, and I'm like, there's sometimes I'm like, <laughs> it says it, you know, like in, in in Exodus that Moses was something was fine about him, like F I N E, and I'm like, I, I, that doesn't, not every baby's fine, so I don't know what was special about him, mm-hmm. but he, the, something was special about him, and they, by faith, you know, de- defied the government and said, we are not going to, uh, we're not going to do that, we're not going to give him over to the midwife. Yeah, it says when she saw that he was a fine child. She hit him three months. Yeah. And obviously they had other children because there was a sister. <coughs> yeah. So, you know, uh, maybe we don't know. I don't – well, he had another brother, Aaron, as well. Was Aaron – he was right. older, wasn't he? I think he was older. I'd have to look back was at the Was that his story. cousin? I thought Aaron was his brother, wasn't brother? it? Brother? Yeah. One of them. But he was a male. Somebody on the podcast in the comments, you can put. You can help us yeah, out. Yeah, <laughs> you can help us out because we're, we're on the fly. One of the things that I found – so interesting that I've never, I've never noticed in this story was in verse 1 of chapter 2. It says, Now a man from the house of Levi mm-hmm. went and took his wife, a Levite woman. And so just in that one verse, there's pointing towards Jesus. So sure. the Levites would become the priesthood. Yeah. And we know Aaron is part of that. Right. Um, that comes along with Moses later on. Sure. Right here... I noticed that Moses, and we see this throughout the Old Testament, is is an archetype or a picture of 
the true priest that's going to come in New Testament times. Right. I never realized, I don't know why, I never realized that Moses was a part of this, um, these people, like the Levites. Pretty cool. Which is beautiful because later he's going he's gonna to marry into a family whose their dad was a priest. Right. And it's like reminding Moses of who he is. Sure. Like, hey, you're going to be be this this person who shows people what the Savior is going to be like. Yeah. Like, you're going to get this opportunity to shepherd them, shepherd in Midian as a shepherd, as a physical, you know, sure. following sheep around all day. Yeah. But then you're going to shepherd these people. You're going to be a priest to them. You're going to be the connecting point between the people of Israel and God. Yeah. Just like Jesus was. Yeah. It's so cool. I, I had a moment yesterday whenever you were reading through this, I was like, wow, Moses really was this for the people, yeah. was a picture of Jesus. I, I wanted to get into some, some of those more. There's a, a bunch of parallels, but you only yeah. have so much time in a sermon, like at least that I can keep people awake. You know what I'm saying? Like I didn't want to make it a, an hour long. I could, I guess. Yeah. I have that freedom in Christ. Um, but like even Jesus was born in that chaos period where there was a government said children, boys. I mean, yeah. you know. Kill the boys. I mean, so it's just crazy. Sure. There's a lot of parallels though that that come out, you know, um, in, in there. So yeah, and then they hide him for three months. Then they find that they can't hide him anymore. Right. So his his mom builds an ark. Right. <laughs> I thought that was so cool that you pointed that out. I, I never saw it till I was studying the and. If you look at the word, it's the same yeah. word as ark and, and basket. I thought that was cool, man. But it's it's something that we forget often that as as people are hearing this story, Hebrews are hearing this story, they would have made that connection that Moses is going to be okay. Like, yeah. This is a deliverance, a tool of deliverance to get him to safety, just like it did Noah. Yeah. Yeah. And so it, it delivers him to Pharaoh's daughter. Pharaoh's daughter has pity on Moses sure. and takes them and gives them back to the family to raise in right. this in this really cool God-ordained moment of mm-hmm. the sister being there and speaking up. I couldn't even imagine from the sister's perspective of the boldness that she had. Yeah. She is a slave. She is an Israelite, a nobody, a Hebrew sure. who is n- no one. Right. No status. Speaking to the princess. Yeah. I mean, I don't, I don't know if she, if she could have been killed for that. I have no idea. Pretty brave. But that's pretty pretty brave yeah. of her to do. And so Moses is raised by his mother, is and then it, then is raised um, after a certain age, is given back to the princess, and is raised in this Egyptian home, a life of luxury, like you said, um, yeah. a life where he would have been literate. Um, and then he has this moment. Well, before we get there, I, I couldn't, I couldn't imagine the tension Moses has of being raised in an Egyptian household, knowing he's a Hebrew. Because if I had to guess, he probably didn't look like his Egyptian brothers. No. I couldn't imagine the tension of that, of, oh, man, I had the life, but people that look like me are being tormented and worked and beaten. And I think, like you said, when you get to the point of him seeing this Egyptian beating the Isra- this Israelite slave, it just becomes too much for him. Right. And he kills, he murders this guy, and he covers it up, and he flees. I think this was the moment in your sermon where it's, we've done this. 
Like over and over and over again, we've taken things into our own hands. We sin. We try to cover it up. And we flee. We try to run away. I've been there. I've been by the well, contemplating what do I do? How do I get myself out of this situation? Sure. And I can't imagine the dialogue within Moses' head and figuring that out. This had to be like the worst moment in Moses' life. I mean, there's probably some other moments where he realized, okay, I'm adopted. Like, those are tough. There's a lot of trauma that's probably happened in his life. But I feel like after this, it was one of those moments. Like, if, if if I think in my worst moment where, you know, we don't rank sin, but the worst one I'm like, I felt the most shame and guilt about. Yeah. Like, that's the moment that he's in right here is that moment of shame and guilt and, and thinking that now he's – well, there's no way I'm ever going to help my people now. Look what I've done. Yeah. I'm not even near my people anymore. I'm, I'm miles and miles away. I mean, everything's different. I've left. I've lost my my place where I lived. I've lost, you know, the stepmom. You know, the princess. Everything is is. He, he probably feels like I've ruined my life. Is ruined. Mm. And I mean, I, I know I've had moments like that where man, I've blown at this. Like that's never going to be the same. I'm never, you know, just tons and tons. We all had moments like that where we just like, well, that that changes everything, yeah. you know, that moment. It does. And and we see that often in the Old Testament mm-hmm. of people that are, are regarded to as like the fathers of the faith mess up. Um, I'm reading a book right now about small groups. And one of the things that, that it talks about it is as a leader being vulnerable. Um, if you want a group that's going to be open and honest, you need to be open and honest. And I think we're given that same idea in the Old Testament. When you look at Abraham, Moses, David, all of them, yep. they all mess up. Sure. And more than once. Right. And their mess ups are on pages and pages <laughs> for us to read. Right. The vulnerability there. And I know that it's showing a glimpse of Jesus. And a, and a hope for the goodness that they have that they've showed us to then come in the Messiah. Yeah. And then we get that perfect leader, that perfect person who is sinless that, that comes and then dies on the cross for us. But I, I don't know. I just love the honesty of Scripture. And I know some people struggle with that. They're like, the Old Testament is messy. Sure. How can you believe? Isn't life messy? I, <laughs> yeah. I mean, if you were to put my life on paper in all my moments, mm. I mean, people, you probably think different about me too. If yeah. you didn't know I love Jesus and I, I'm, I need you need to give me grace and I need I've repented and you know like uh, I don't want my life like that either uh, to be on paper like that. It'd be scary, but that is real. That is vulnerable. That's what I love about Scripture. Is it helps me. Okay, there's names, there's dates, there's mistakes. You're writing a fairy tale, you know. You're writing a, you're, you're some novel. You're not gonna leave all that in there. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Like you. But it, I, I love the, the the realness of of scripture. Same. And and we know that this isn't the end for Moses. Right. We know that he doesn't just sit by the well and sulk and sure. You know, go about his life. That God orchestrates the next events purposefully to get him where he needs to be. Cool. And um, I just I just thought of ahead. a sermon series called The Well, man. The Well. You hit that one in the okay. Old Testament? Yeah. There's another one with Joseph. Mm. There's the woman at the well in the New Testament? Yeah. 
Good and things happen. Broken. Well. All of them, I think, are broken points in yeah. people's lives. Hmm. I don't know. Just sorry. I didn't mean to take no, you No, no, no. Speaking of wells, and, and I don't know the answer to this. Okay. Um, I tried to look at a map to see where Midian was to see, uh, and I don't believe that Moses would have gone over the Red Sea to, like, get to Midian. It didn't look like that. But one of the things that um, I remember reading even before this was, was Joseph, was Abraham, and they would build these wells. I wonder if they built the well in Midian. That's a good question. I, I don't know. I don't know. That well, would be really cool. I think um, this was a well that was already established there. Okay. Because he's going to meet his wife. Yeah. In chapter 2. I didn't get into that in my sermon, but he meets his wife at the well. Mm-hmm. He actually, um, maybe, you're, I don't know if you're going to get to jump on it, but he actually stands up for yeah. um, these group of women come to feed to, uh, they're going to water the sheep. And there was other shepherds there. And he kind of stands up for the women and runs the other shepherds off as, as a deliverer. Like you yeah. get this glimpse of Moses mm-hmm. as a deliverer. Oh, wow. Yeah. Stands up. <clears throat> so... Um, his wife, Mar- I, mean, I believe it's Miriam, goes back and tells her dad, hey, this guy at the well. And her, her dad's like, well, why didn't you bring him here? <laughs> yeah, well, yeah, I want to meet yeah. this guy. And they yeah. end up, you know, he ends up giving his daughter to her, and they, you know, happily ever after. But um, he that does this cool thing after he does a big boneheaded thing. He does yeah. the right thing uh, and, and stands up and doesn't just sit there and sulk. He, hmm. he, 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 he learned from that. Obviously, he had to, but... Um, yeah, because he could have just killed the shepherds too, yeah, and, just and that's exactly what I was thinking. Killing streak, right? And just be who he was, but that was probably not who he, in his heart, who he wanted to be, right? Yeah, I like the the word deliverer that he delivered the women. It was almost like a glimpse of what was to come with him delivering the Israelites out sure. of Egypt. Sure, like you see this boldness in Moses, um, not knowing these guys, but sticking up for what is right. Yep. Yeah, so, I mean, if you're a single guy and looking for a lady, just go hang out by the well. There you go. You know, stick up for yeah. <laughs> No, but yeah, he he is invited to the house of a priest. Isn't that where Joseph meets Rebecca at a well, right? Remember, she comes and he waters her camels and uh, yeah. everything. I'm telling yeah. you, there's a sermon series about wells coming up, man. Like there's Wells a, with a spot. Yeah. There you go. It was the, the local uh, Starbucks of the day, you know? <laughs> I mean, I'm sure... Yeah, what is today's well? Yeah, when I went to Haiti, the well, you know, because it's... I mean, there's always lots of kids who are there bringing water back home. You'd see lots of women there at the well because it's a, you know, it's not like here we're blessed to have, you know, you turn on the tap water and yeah. bam, there, there it is. It's, um, it was a, a place that gave life. Yeah. I mean, without it, a community could not be established sure like it was it was the spot yeah, um, yeah that's interesting I, I wonder huh yeah I, I don't know if this was a well that he would have been I, I wonder why he f- fled to Midian I know it's uh, east of Egypt yep from what I was looking at on the map um, I don't remember how many miles it was I did look at the map as well when I was looking I didn't look at that researching but it was a good ways away. It was, was a nice distance. He was not going to be found there, I don't think. Yeah, it wasn't just like he ran a 5K and was there. No. No. He fled, fled. Like, like New life, new place, Yeah. new people. I don't want anybody who knows me. Like I, I Nobody know. would have known him. Right. Um, yeah, and, and he, he takes on this life of going from prince to shepherd for his, um, for his father-in-law. Yeah. And that is where, and in your sermon you talked about you believe that he probably learned the most of what it means to be um, 
a follower of Christ, a follower of God, they're shepherding their sheep. Sure. Uh, I could imagine it was different. The hustle and bustle of Egypt to this quiet yeah. role of shepherd with sheep that don't talk back. <laughs> this time of thinking, right? of protecting, sure. of leading. Sheep aren't smart animals. No. I mean, it was a frustrating, right? frustrating. I mean, hmm. He learned a lot. Yeah. But it prepares him. It does. Um, and yet, I know I know we'll get to it eventually in this series. And yet, whenever God calls him, he does not feel prepared. No. Hmm. Do we ever? Do we ever? <laughs> I mean, how no. many times have you had another opportunity come up and you're like, I don't know. I don't know if I'm the guy for that. Like, we've got all excuses, right? I'm, I'm hoping, you know, Nick's going to get that one. Like, one of my favorite sermons is the excuses of, of Moses, man. Right. I, I just, I can't talk well. You know, you, we've all got excuses, right? I mean, we've, and we, yeah. we've got some good ones. And Moses does too. But God says, hey, don't, uh, I'll, I'll use you. Come on, man. Let's go. You're, my, you're the guy I want, you know, so. Yeah, I was trying to think of some practical ways, and, and you kind of talked about the cards being dealt to you. It's all about how we put our faith in Jesus, our, our, our faith in God, yeah. to fulfill his will. You use Romans 8.28, mm-hmm. and you talk about this is not something someone wants to hear when they're going through a tough time, No, that everything happens for the good of God, for those who love him. And you talk about how God's goodness is... It's not the same as ours. No. What we think is good for ourselves is nowhere in comparison to what God knows is good for us. Like good for Brian would be win the lottery. Hmm. Probably be the most horrible thing because if you ever watch any Inside Edition, everybody's life falls apart when they win $4.8 million, whatever. You know what I'm saying? Like that wouldn't be good for me. It would be – it would build into the the already problem I have with stuff and things, you know. What what Brian thinks is good is not what God says is good, right? Yeah. I, I was thinking after you said that, well, what what would God think was good for us? And I thought it would be the sanctification of ourselves to mm. look more like Christ. Definitely. And so I think sometimes we're given these opportunities to go through hard things mm. um, that are not fun. No. I don't, like you said, I don't, I don't believe that God wills those things upon our life, but he uses them to orchestrate a beauty that is born through trials, like James says. Sure. Those aren't fun. And and I think for the people that are listening, I would encourage you to walk alongside people that are going through hard times. You don't have to say the right things. No. You just have to be there. You have to point them to who God has called, who God says that we are, that we are saints. We do mess up, we do sin, but ultimately our identity is in people that are saved. Yeah. And it like our works don't save us. We do good works because we are saved. Right. But God isn't mad when we mess up. He wants us to repent, yes. But he wants to love us. True. And by faith I think we can get through those hard times. Yeah. One hundred I agree one hundred percent, man. Yeah. So true. Anything else that you wanted to add that you thought, hey, man, I couldn't fit this in my sermon? Um, um, looking through notes right now. Yeah, there was some other stuff about, you know, some of the cards I picked mm. in my life. Yeah. That obviously wasn't God. 
you know, I just didn't have time to go back through them. Some of my, uh, like uh, my testimony, a little bit of how I've had lots of failure, especially when I was, I was a young adult. The cards I chose, but God, you know, in his goodness, used my mistakes and the cards I chose, the bad cards I chose to yeah. just for his glory and for to, to impact other people. But I just didn't have the time to get into that story. Yeah. And sometimes I feel like, that story I go back to so much, but it's my story. But I feel like I shared a lot with students about my failure. I've said I shared it a lot in sermons, uh, but it's it's that it's the arc of my life where spiritual Jesus came re, became real, yeah. and my it, through my failure He used it. Like it's just so rich to me, and I always feel like when I go back to it, I'm a broken record. You know what I'm saying? Like I've told that story so much, yeah. it doesn't even like. I don't know. Like, I probably should use the story more. Some people probably say, no, Brian, I could tell it for you. Like kids who've been in the youth group a lot or, or have heard my sermons a lot, like they know I go back to my failure and failing in college and stuff like that over and over and over again. But it's it's the reason I do it is my story. I mean, I can make something up, but um, it's probably the mo- one of the difficult arcs of my life. I've, there's other ones, don't get me wrong, but it's the one that I feel has the, the most – it was the most – Shaping to me, yeah. or uh, I don't know. I mean, we see that with Moses. Yeah, like this is if you're going to talk about a story of Moses, you're going to talk about Egypt. True. You're not going to talk about and and the lowest point you're going to talk about him murdering the Egyptian. You're not going to talk about him hitting the rock, right? Instead of speaking to it or or whatnot. Like that was a failure too. Sure. That was the failure that kept him out of the promised land. That's, that's a, pretty big. Yeah. That's ouch. That's I mean, that that, that's a tough one. <laughs> but like you said, there are moments in our lives where. Yeah, where Jesus picks us up from nothing, from the cards that we've chosen. And and if you're listening and you're there, know that he can still pick you up. Like yeah. that's not the end of your story. Sure. You don't have to not come to Christ because of something you've done. No. Like come, come as you are. He will pick you up. You got no I don't care what card you think you can't play. He yeah. can he can change it. He can use it, you know. Absolutely. Like 100%. You see that over and over throughout scripture. Yeah. Like, I think every character in Scripture has those moments. Sure. It's like, uh, I don't know if I can come to Jesus. Yeah, you can. God's right. going to use it. So. He'll use it. Yep. So we want to encourage you uh, today with that. Like, if you feel like God can't use you, well, you're wrong. He can. And, <laughs> and be open to being used. Right. Like, yeah, you can argue with God. You'll see that next week with Moses. You're not going to win. No. <laughs> like, it's, no. eventually God will humble you and use you and it's a beautiful process to be a part of and that's that's where we are today we are uh, I think uh, I think in both of our stories we're like that so alright man we like to end the podcast with something that you're looking forward to in the upcoming weeks so much it's summertime as youth minister like yeah, there's so I mean like uh, this past week uh, give me a little picture of my, my past week I got to go Appalachian hiking on the Appalachian Trail <laughs> yeah. uh, with a group of middle school students. It was never a dull moment. It was oh, yeah. mountains. It was creeks. It was it was awesome. It was epic. Played paintball Saturday night with a bunch, like 20 guys from the middle and high school students. Um, this week we got a bunch of events. I'm really excited. Next Sunday we leave for New Orleans for a mission trip. Yeah. It's a place we've, we've partnered with them for the last six or seven years. And uh, I'm, I, I look forward to it every year going down there. That's Can't funny. wait. Yeah. yeah, you do have a busy summer. Uh, we have VBX coming up yeah. um, this Wednesday as our big kickoff. I'm excited for that. I always, um, coming from a, a church where I did kids' ministry and youth ministry, I always like to 
dabble back into it but not get fully into it sure you know you could do a month of it and like all right chrissy this is yours again <laughs> so i love seeing all the kids get to hear stories for the first time mm-hmm. um, it's really was a foundational tool in my life where i, I really understood scripture through vbs and cool. so um we get to do that with kiddos this upcoming week so yeah pull up if you haven't signed up yet if you yeah. want to serve this week man come on love to have you yep all right we appreciate you you listening to this podcast and we'll see you guys next week